Hey, what's going on? My name is Alec Berg, and this is Psychotronic Cast. Joining me, as always, in the flesh, in the same room, is Derek Estes with two new hot, sexy mics. So that's why it's going to be sounding the way it does from here on out. You can and you should subscribe to us on Instagram, follow us, whatevs, um, follow us on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to this on. We have a website, psychotronicast.com, as well as an email, psychotronicast at gmail.com. And we are in in deep in October, just crushing horror movies, so might as well get on the horror train. So without further ado, Derek, what the hell are you getting us into? I like horror trains, like Night Train to Terror. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're doing um, a movie that I had like, never heard of until recently, and I just came across on Shudder. Um, Fade to Black from 1980. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, love this movie. And it, there was a lot of stuff that I felt I could talk about. Uh, so yeah, that was why I picked it. Uh, it was also funny, too, because actually the, the, the day after I watched it, uh, Vinegar Syndrome announced that they are doing a 4K restoration that's coming out in November. <laughs> so Really? Yeah. I don't so, remember. I, yeah, I, I watched it on Shutter, like you said. But it looks fine to me there. Yeah. I don't remember it looking bad. Yeah. So. I mean, well, I mean, I guess... I mean, that's an old kind of like a standard, it's like a DVD look oh, okay. thing, so yeah, it should look banging. Um, yeah, it was really funny. I'm like, what a weird coincidence. And they even had like a little limited edition t-shirt that they were selling for the weekend. I'm like, okay, I'll just do it. They're just, kind of know. dropped the ball on that. You would think they'd want a 4K restoration out by October for a movie Oh, like I mean, that. they do horror all year. All, yeah. Okay. For, for real horror fans, yeah, October it, it's is just, just, it's of... just frosting. It's true. I know. <laughs> I I got in. I started getting on the horror train in the middle of September, which is the earliest I've ever done. I mean, I've always sprinkled horror movies here and there throughout the year, but I am straight up like ninety five percent of everything I'm watching has been horror for the last like four weeks, and in no way am I disappointed. That's great. So yeah, Fade to Black. I saw the you know when you click on the Shutter app, it'll have it'll just go to one of the Shutter channels. Oh yeah. And sometimes I'll just like watch like a few minutes of a movie here or there when I'm doing stuff in the kitchen and Fade to Black was on like a couple weeks before you told me to watch this for the show. And uh, I just watched one scene and it was when he did like his Bella Lugosi paint thing. Oh uh, like, yeah. This is cool. I want to watch this from the beginning so I turned it off and then uh, coincidentally, you were like, "Guess what we're watching?" And yeah, this is great. Um, this is this movie was like made for us. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, you can get into detail. So I'll well, even like you. the beginning, like uh, on my letterbox review, is I think just one word, just relatable. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you know a lot of things I responded. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll start with the the main guy, the cast member is uh, this guy Dennis Christopher, who he the year before this he kind of like broke out in the movie Breaking Away. Which I fucking love. It's like, you know, it's almost it's like I guess it would be like if I was gonna say like the best sports movie, like that's it. Besides like uh, like boxing movies, which I just love anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just really great, and he's like this young kid who you know really upset. He lives in like uh, some uh, you know Rust Belt state. Maybe he's in, in like Pennsylvania, but like in college town. But he just really wants to be like an Italian bicycle rider. He's obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just really great. So then, you know, the very next year he's coming out with this. And he plays um, this kid who's just obsessed with old movies. And it's kind of the sort of psychotronic sort of stuff of that era. And something I kind of like grew up with and I kind of relate to that. Where it's a lot of uh, old horror movies, lots of gangster movies, film noir, um, 
you know, kind of old, old like Hollywood lore. And then he lives in LA, which is kind of a great place for that. Um, so that's definitely like his whole fucking life is just old movies. Um, and I just related to that. Totally. Yeah. I got to say there, the house that they live in is in Venice beach. And that house was like, I don't know, it was like $3 million home. Oh like, yeah. It's so great that they're just living this like squalor. I'm like, man, I know. And it's, it's like, it's he only... is like, his whole place is like decked out with like movie memorabilia. Like, I mean, it's just like, like crazy. It's like hoarder syndrome, but like everything's cool. <laughs> so sure. you're like, you just want to like, like a lot of the fun in watching the movie for me too, and especially in the scenes in his home, is just looking and like recognizing all the different posters and little like, you know, uh, you know, celebrity portraits or whatever. And just like crazy props and just weird shit. It's just a really fun um, house. And then, yeah, I don't know. This well, the, the the big one that jumped out to me was uh, the ninety nine River Street. Yeah, so, totally. Like, that is so like you know how many people really know what that is or what that. And is it comes about? up in the movie multiple times. Multiple times, and you're the one you're like, oh, you have to watch this movie ninety nine River Street. This is like last year, and it's it's an all time noir. If you haven't seen ninety nine River Street, you have to, especially just the fucking girlfriend. Oh when yeah. When she go takes her to the. I mean, yeah, I don't want to give anything. There's away, so much it, stuff. Yeah, that was one of those movies that I I hadn't seen. Uh, and I, I had thought I'd seen because there are a lot of film noirs that have like, um, you know, similar titles. Like either like there's some street title or there's like you know called Riverside, you know, seven 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 or whatever. There's a bunch of those. Um, yeah, that movie was so great. It's so he also lives with his uh, aunt Stella, who's played by Eve Brent. Who she's been in a bunch of stuff, but the thing I always think of her is she is. The girl in Sam Fuller's uh, 40 Guns, the woman who like runs the gun shop. Oh. And she just has a romantic oh, lead yeah. with like the whole thing and like, yeah. he's like leaning down the barrel of the gun at her. That's her, but she's like an older woman, like in a wheelchair. Um, I'm like, holy shit. There's just like this movie obviously is made by people who love oh, movies. Yeah. So there's just so much stuff worked into it. Um, and then he also so he works at like a film distribution center. Uh, which is like a, a dream job. For it's like, so cool to look at. It's like when you see um, all the president's men or whatever, but then they take you in the bowels, in the bowels of uh, <laughs> you know the, the 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 printing press, and you see how a newspaper is made. I just love when you see anything like that. So the fact that yeah, he works at this spot, and it's like, oh, that's once upon a time. Oh yeah, that's what it was. And it's so great. So one of his coworkers too is uh, very young Mickey Rourke. Super young. Like maybe one of the first things I've seen him in, or the earliest, I guess. Gotta be. Um, yeah, he's just like, he's kind of like the stud. It's really funny because, um, on a side, I guess, personal note, is a lot of his his looks, like his style, remind me a lot of our friend Tom, who sometimes appears on the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you if you want to know what Tom looks like in real life, just, you know, picture, picture, uh, you know, Mickey Rourke's ensembles. And you can <laughs> yes. hear uh, Tom in action in our Tremors podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I love that. Also, uh, another one of the, the cast members in this movie is Tim Thomerson from Trancers. Yeah, who, Jack Death. <laughs> yeah, Jack Death. And he plays Dr. Moriarty, who's this kind of... It's weird because this is a whole other thing. that They blend into the movie, but it's a little, it's a little weird. You almost forget this whole other subplot. Or, I guess, you know these other characters where he is this sort of hippie liberal um, psychiatrist or, you know, counselor therapist who's working with the police to solve these crimes. Uh, but there's like so many funny scenes with him. Like the one that I really love, it's later in the movie where he's just like doing bumps of cocaine and playing the harmonica. Yeah. Like it, that alone is just, but he's working perfect. at a police precinct and they put him just like in the, 
just the, the cellar basically where like a, a fish tank or holding tank for people used to be and that they just made that his office but i love how he's just like doing cocaine in a police precinct and then a hot cop notices him doing it and she's like let's ride oh yeah yeah i love it yeah i love her whole thing oh i love then like they have that weird sex scene where they're like they're fucking but then they come up out of the sheets and they just have a box of ritz and champagne it's like that episode (laughs) of seinfeld where george costanza like figured out a way to like eat a pastrami sandwich and have sex at the same time it's so great i fucking totally love that um, another like character that comes in is this girl Marilyn, who is this Australian Marilyn Monroe lookalike, um, and it's like kind of uncanny. Like there's a lot of like yeah. you know like you see like lookalike people, people who try to do Marilyn, but hers is like if I feel it like, wasn't the Australian write her accent, into the script, maybe I mean it's just like, it's like too... I know a girl that looks just like Marilyn Monroe. Perfect. She has to be in this movie. Yeah, um, so you kind of you know meet her and her friend, and you know this. You can't quite tell, like, what's going on. But then she ends up meeting, um, you know, this kid, like, at this diner. And he's totally just, like, smitten with her. He even has this, like, you know, imagine this fantasy of her, like, singing happy birthday to him. And, and so, yeah. you know I love writing down people's orders oh, in, yeah. in movies when it's something crazy. So uh, the lead's usual that he gets at the diner is two chocolate donuts, a hot dog with the works, fries, and a large Coke. I love young. it. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love when he's like, uh, when he goes up to Mickey Rourke and he's like, I bet you can't tell me Rick's last name from Casablanca. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, man, if only they had IMDb because I looked it up in two seconds. Yeah, totally. Well, he's like, and you have 48 hours to yeah. tell me. And you're like, in that much time, he could have just gone to go watch the movie somewhere, you know? But you think it like, that was, yeah, a period in the 80s where even seeing a movie. I mean, it was a little before, like, video stores really got big, so, yeah, unless it, like, play, happened to play on TV or you found, like, a reference book, um, that might actually be difficult to find. I know that we were both growing up when VCRs were a thing, and then also there was the Video Guide channel, but I still remember, because my grandparents subscribed to, um, like, Get the TV Guide. Oh, yeah. And I would go over there every week and I would read it just like he did in the beginning of the movie. Oh, totally. It brought me back where I'm like, oh, my God, I remember flipping through the TV Guide and, like, highlighting shit. Yeah. That was, like, such a big deal. Oh, yeah. I love doing that and just, like, finding, like, what I wanted to tape or when that movie I liked, you know, was coming back on. Then you set your VCR the timer. Yeah. And you would set it, like, five minutes before and then five minutes after just to make sure if there was any, like, runoff. And hoping it worked and the channel was on the right thing. Oh, yeah. There, There was... There's a lot. Um, but yeah, so he ends up like, yeah, meeting this girl. And there's all the, like, he's kind of, like, trying to quiz her. Because he's always trying to quiz people, you know? Like, um, shit. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, in the seven-year itch, like, what's the movie Marilyn goes to see? And trying to make her guess. And it's like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, but then he ends up, like, her friend is kind of like, why are you talking to this guy? He's so gross and weird. But she kind of thinks he's cute. And he gives her a little ride on his little moped. Because, uh... Which he's apparently, it's his little scooter they're supposed to take to run the films around. Mm-hmm. But he just runs the gas just doing whatever. Yeah. Um, I like how he's like, you know, like a dork and like kind of a dweeby kind of guy. But they usually make those characters like lovable. He's like an asshole in this movie. Yeah. Like he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I liked that little like tear, the wrinkle that's that, that sets it apart from other films. And also... The just the footage that they were cutting in with other stuff. Yeah, it's like, really like, awesome. That's so cool that they got. I don't know if they had the rights to it. I mean, they must now or whatever. They must have. It's weird because there are things in this movie where 
you know, a lot of stuff is like, oh, you know, it seems it's kind of like a low budget horror film, but there's obviously there was money or connections involved because there's a lot of stuff they got, like all of the film rights that like, you know, are sprinkled throughout this, you know, the film clips are sprinkled all throughout this movie. Um, and some of the locations are like crazy that you couldn't fake or, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't have been super cheap to get at the time. Um, yeah, so you kind of like get all the little back and forth. They set, he sets up a date with her and, you know, she ends up, basically standing him up. But he obviously gets, like, weirdly obsessed with it. Like, she works this rolling roller rink, and he's, like, sending, like, posters for, like, Mar- Marilyn Monroe's, like, Let's Make Love, and just being just super weird about everything. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he's, like, getting ready for his date, and he's doing his little Cary Grant impersonation. His aunt, who's, like, yeah, she's fucking weird, and she's, like, oh, what are you doing? I'm waiting to come back and give me a back rub. And this is kind of this weird relationship with them. Um, but then she ends up, like... She is also a weird space cadet, so she ends up going out on a date with this other guy, and then she remembers that she stood uh, Dennis Christopher up. But I love how he's just, like, bummed out, and he's hanging out, like, trying to see all these other, like, blondes outside the movie theater. I also love, one of my things, I love looking at marquees oh, yeah. and things, and so there's a lot of stuff, like, the uh, like Coal Miner's Daughter is playing, <laughs> you know, a lot, of, uh, a lot of shit in these movie theaters. It's so cool. But then he ends up, like, taunting, or he, like... Ends up trying to chat up this hooker, and she's you know a total bitch to him, and yeah. it's pretty funny. And then she just like takes off because he like is trying because he borrows like ten bucks. He's always broke, and he you know is borrowing ten bucks from his aunt for this date and whatever. And so he offers the ten bucks to the hooker, and she's like, "Fuck you!" Like shove it up your ass or whatever. Um, yeah, I just thought that was great. And then he ends up like just kind of coming home and just being like. Just super bummed out. And so he's watching Kiss of Death, mm-hmm. which is a really cool film noir. It's the one that Richard Woodmark kind of became famous for because he's just such a weird creep in the whole movie. And so he's watching this. And he has like a, you know, he probably took the reel from work and he's like projecting it. And then his aunt comes in and fucks things up. And it was just like the thing that puts him over the edge. And then um, she's like, I want you to get rid of all this shit and fuck this and so he just takes her in the wheelchair and he takes her down the stairs and rolls her down the, the stairs just like Bye. Richard Widmark in that movie um, and he does his little impersonation and he like also kind of like does a weird he does like the voiceover to the trailer you know where he's like Kiss of Death starring Victor Mature and you know goes yeah. the whole thing um, yeah so that was just like a really fun yeah so that yeah he I love when he starts to get into his different personas when he starts killing people off Mm -hmm. like when he does yeah when he starts painting his face and then he turns into Bella Lugosi yeah for that whole trip and then I didn't um when he offs uh Mickey Rourke in at the carnival he's dressed like William Boyd well he's yeah he's Hopalong Cassidy yeah because he has like a Hopalong Cassidy watch and even like when the night he stood up he goes by like a western wear spot and there's like a Hopalong Cassidy poster in there that's crazy. Yes, yeah, so I I didn't know much about him, so I looked him up like after the movie, and dude, that they made like so many westerns. Oh yeah, but that that was like such a giant. I don't know if that was just how they reeled him off back then, but like probably like forty movies. Yeah, those guys. So they were kind of um, you know those like lower studios, I guess. So they were always programmers. So. Yeah, like, uh, especially, like, Gene Autry, Hoplon Cassidy, Roy Rogers, they just, like, you know, shot him off. And they would just, like, play as programmers. They were, like, kitty matinees. They were really huge. And then they also were big, too, because they played a lot on TV in uh, the early days of TV. 
Um, yeah, now they're kind of forgotten. I also love that uh, because all this stuff had, you know, like cultural currency still, that, you know, now it's like, yeah, like very few people would know who like any of these people are, like Hoplon Cassidy or whatever. But I love when you go to the carnival and he's, you know, confronts, Mickey Rourke, like Mickey Rourke gets it, like, oh yeah, it's William Boyd, it's Hobble, you know, it's like, it's like they, everybody knows yeah. this stuff, at least like, it's this it'd be like, version knowing, of like I Love Lucy. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. like everybody just gets that. Um, and I so love those the ones look, are though, like, that like black, cow, black dress cowboy. Yeah. Or whatever. And that creepy like, mask he had. Yeah. It's, it's rad. so great. I had no idea about that, and I love westerns and all that. That's totally just anything worth checking out of those, or are they pretty? I mean, they're like, like they're. They're cute. They're like a perfect, like, you know, um, they might actually play some on They're TCM. Like a, some like, it's like a set Sunday afternoon, like, yeah. you know, just put on, like, usually like an hour long. Or like a Bud Bedeker runtime Western. Sort yeah. They are like, it's tough finding decent quality versions of them. Even the Roy Rogers movies, um, it's tough. Like, the director of a lot of them, William Whitney, is one of Tarantino's favorite directors. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's constantly referencing him. But even those, there were a couple that Kino's put out, like, in decent editions. But, um, yeah, they're just hard. Because they don't really appeal to a lot of people other than, like, you know, really old people that come up watching them. Or, yeah, people that just, um, yeah. But they are cute. Um, yeah, so I love all of that. I love, yeah, all the weird... That's, it's funny because when he does the Dracula one, yeah, he's definitely doing the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Um, but then when he goes and he goes to confront the hooker, uh, it's funny because they intersplice clips, but weirdly, of Horror of Dracula with Christopher Lee, which is a color movie, but they show it in black and white in the movie. Like, I don't know if they, for some reason, couldn't get the rights to the Bela Lugosi Dracula, even though he's doing the Children of the Night and you know, yeah. all of that, which is straight up. Uh, Bill Lugosi, but that was kind of a weird uh, little little wrinkle in that. He, um, but then it's funny because when he goes after the hooker, he ends up like scaring her, and then she falls over a wagon and dies. And yeah. So he doesn't actually kill her, though he does end up drinking her blood. <laughs> yeah, um, which is really crazy. Um, I got to mention that the the captain of the police force or whatever in this film is the Ferrari dealer in The Hidden. Oh, is he really? Yeah. So oh, that's like, awesome. That guy looks familiar. That guy looks familiar. And then like looking up and looking up his IMDb is like, uh, The Hidden. And I was like, oh my God, he's a Ferrari dealer that like has the cocaine in the miniature Ferrari. We did an episode on The Hidden that's actually on our Patreon. So if you are not a member of our Patreon, you should join up. Five bucks a month. Uh, I love you'll get dozens of episodes. And we'll explain the Patreon this week later on in this episode but yeah check out the hidden on our patreon we get in the great detail about that but yeah that's totally the dude from the hidden that's so funny little things start like clicking it's like oh this guy was in this movie that we cover that this everything like starts coming together yeah i also love it's the same uh when he's in the dracula outfit uh he ends up going to that movie theater and everyone's dressed up in costume to watch the night of the living dead yeah and like that is so fucking cool i just I love how everybody's just like so all out. Another rad landmark is there's a scene where they're in Silver Lake and they're right next to the Brown Derby. Oh yeah, and, and it's like, still there. It's still there. Yeah, I play like that was one of my favorite places. It was just called the Derby now, but like it's uh that was one of the favorite places I've ever played ever in my life when I was like in a band playing shows and stuff around LA. Like the Derby is so fucking cool. Yeah. I know they used it in like swingers or whatever, but like you really got to go there to like check it out and they even have that cool thing where they have these, um, like, tables, like, bench-style tables 
but they have giant velvet curtains. So if you want privacy, it's just like, hello, cocaine. Oh, and yeah. Like, whatever. Like, I don't know if those are still there, but they were in, like, the early 2000s. Well, I think it's see. all, or is it, I guess it's a new, it's not the original Brown Derby. Because I know they tore it all down, like, the building that looked like the oh, okay. hat. Maybe that's why it's just called the Derby. Maybe, yeah. Because I know, like, the original one was actually one of those buildings shaped like a hat, like the oh. Derby. Oh. And then, and I know that, like, it was demolished. I know they have, like, the sign, but yeah. Okay. Well, then I went to the, yeah, the refurbished one. It's in Silver Lake or whatever. Yeah. This is in there. Yeah. I haven't been there since, like, 2000. And... So I know I was hoping it was still there, and then I went by, because I had friends who lived over in that neighborhood, and then it was all gone, and it was sad. Damn. Yeah, all those, all those, you know, Hollywood landmarks. Yeah. Um, I also love this, the scene where he's, like, you know, just losing his mind and running all around but he ends up like hitchhiking and he gets up in the car of this hotshot movie producer like actor gone movie producer oh yeah and I love his whole spiel where he's just like talking to the guy and trying to you know pitch him his idea uh-huh. and he's like oh it's kind of like an early 50s Sam Fuller flick or whatever but it's called Alabama and the 40 Thieves which I fucking love that idea and I want someone to make that movie it's so good um, and so much so that the producer st- straight up steals the idea and yeah. just pawns it off on his own on some like morning talk show that he's on oh yeah chooses uh, yeah causes uh, now he's going at this point by uh, Cody Jarrett the lead from White heat yeah totally which is another great noir that's the mommy issue one right yeah he has yeah all the okay mommy that's issues. the one because all the noirs just start to bleed together oh, as yeah. one. but i remember that i was like okay yeah, that's the mommy issue oh, i think one. he says all this like cagney impersonations yeah so great you dirty rat i know i love it um not enough cagney these days no one cares anymore but he's the fucking best um yeah, I just love that whole deal, and I love he's like running around like Osmond, and he's like Kenneth Anger would really love the Boulevard today, like Hollywood Babylon and full. Or you just like he's just fucking crazy. It's almost like he's like a little Travis Bickley, um, and then he ends up like you know, there's that weird scene where he's just like jerking off, and then he's just like fighting with his boss. The boss. Oh, this is also the weird thing too. Is it seems like maybe after his aunt died because he's super broke. Mm-hmm. Okay, like in the first part of the movie. And, you know, his aunt dies. And obviously, like, that house has got to be worth something. But it's, it seems like he's just, like, come into so much money because a lot of these murders get so elaborate and, like, his costumes and everything. Like, and he obviously had some of the stuff, but it gets, like, so crazy. Like, God, he's got to, like, have money. Well, if his aunt has that dope house in Venice, which couldn't have even been cheap back then, even though Venice was, like, just a giant turd back in those days. Uh, yeah, she, he must have just inherited whatever. Yeah, from her after she died. They never really explain it, but yeah, things get more and more elaborate as, as it goes on. Um, but yeah, he ends up like killing the boss. He dresses as a mummy, and that's like my like the least interesting of the the murders for me. Um, but then yeah, after he realizes that the producer is ripping it off because he sees a guy on TV and he's so excited, like, oh hey, it's me, like you know, just like getting you know touched. And the guy's like, I don't know who you are. We don't take you know um, whatever spec ideas. And so he goes. And he goes full on gangster. He's going full Cody Jarrett. Yeah, he says his whole house. He changes the street sign outside his house to 99 River Street. Cody Jarrett on the mailbox. And so the the producer is having his birthday party at this hair salon. And it's really crazy because he's sitting in the chair. And people are like presenting him with presents, like Gucci shoes and like a cake. Yeah. And having worked in a hair salon, like that is the grossest place to Eat have a like, cake. It, there's it. like there's hair <laughs> everywhere. It's just like floating in the air. Um, but it's so funny. But then he shows up in this fucking dope ass car um, yeah. with a full gangster outfit and like a Tommy gun or whatever. And he just like goes and just, you know. At first, I think it's like a gag. Like, oh, wow, somebody's doing like a, 
you know, he doesn't even remember who he is. It's really weird. And then he, uh, yeah, just massacres him. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie can only end one place, and that's in Grauman's Chinese theater. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the thing. So he ends up, like, setting up Marilyn. He's like, oh, like, you need to come to this, um, you know, like, I'm looking for a Marilyn Monroe lookalike for this project. And he sets up this whole elaborate scheme where he gets his own, like, photo studio, also called, like, the blow-up photo studio. Um, and he's, yeah, like, Cody Jarrett, this whole thing. So she shows up there, but then also at the same time, like, uh, Tom Thomerson, like, Moriarty, and the the woman police officer that he's fucking, they kind of, like, figure out what's going on, and they catch wind of this whole scheme. So they end up showing up, right, as he's put together this whole elaborate thing where he's trying to recreate Marilyn Monroe and Laurence Olivier and the Prince and the Showgirl. Yeah. And he's like, but then she doesn't seem to remember who he is. I don't know, it's very, <laughs> it's really weird from here on out. But then he keeps like giving her pills. And I feel that he's trying to recreate Marilyn's death by like the barbiturates and like booze. Cause he keeps like shoving pills down her uh, throat and she's like, okay, whatever. And then they like end up taking off. They go to Grandma's Chinese Theater um, and everybody's like, you can't believe what's going on. And there's like this whole shootout. Um, he ends up up at the top. I don't know. The whole thing is just so crazy. But that whole scene is so nuts. Because I'm like, how, like, it couldn't be cheap to get that. Even then. No way. You know, um, to do this whole elaborate shoot there. Um, yeah, it's really great. It ends up like pretty, pretty similar. There is a JMB billboard in the background. Hell yeah. That. I didn't um, pick that up. Yeah, and then he ends up just out there. He's just like, yeah, he gets her out of the way. He gets shot. He keeps doing his monologues and eventually just makes a big jump. No, and that's it. Yeah, fade to black. But it's great. It's good. I Yeah, I love that Shudder's putting these things up now where, because for a while it was just, a lot of stuff they were putting up, I'd either had seen them or they're like kind of the new horror, which I'm like, I should really give new underground horror a shot. It's not because even with a lot of, I mean, with a lot of new horror in general, but also even on Shutter because they have like six hundred some titles and like you know five hundred of them or five hundred fifty of them are newer uh-huh. original stuff, and so you just don't even know like well what it's like I don't, you need things to be a little bit more curated or just so you know like what's the stuff that I really should check out yeah because um, everything looks somewhat interesting but yeah I don't know. and yeah recently they've been putting on like stuff like Fade to Black, there's like a handful of 70s and 80s stuff where I'm like, I've never heard of this. Yeah. And so far, what I've like ch- chosen to watch, I'm like been pleasantly surprised with everything. Fade to Black is no obse- uh, no obsession. No <laughs> exception. It's, a, it's an obsession. What was it? What was the line? Uh, dictation? No. Reflection. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's from Boom, ladies and gentlemen. Boom. That, Boom. Richard Burton and... Uh, Elizabeth Taylor, check that out. Maybe we'll do an episode on that one day. Oh yeah, it but deserves yeah. an episode. Um, but yeah, so it was great. I love it. I love all the the movie nerd in it. Yeah, it, it, just to remind people about yeah. Speaking of horror, we've got a uh, all night horror movie marathon that we're actually going to do tonight here, and uh, we'll record it at a later date and then release it on uh, Halloween itself. But we will give away the the titles and give you a little preview before the actual episode drops on Halloween for our all-night horror movie marathon um, just as soon as we know it and also the patreon this week's episode is a little game that I ripped off from Sam Ishmael the correct the creator of 
Mr. Robot um, called the Director Game, where you choose a director for every decade of the 20th and 21st century, and that's kind of like a you know desert island kind of director. You choose him, you get to keep his entire filmography, and everybody else you can't watch ever again anymore. And it's too hard to pick one, so Derek and I choose two per decade. Yeah. And it even is, that is just like so tough. It's so insane, but it has to be when their very first theatrical uh, feature feature drops. Yeah. They can't, you know, be doing a bunch of short films like a decade before. You can't be like, well, he his best movies in the eighties. It's like, well, no, his first movies in the sixties. There's like some. I think you could even if you were really elaborate, or you you could almost do like a, a podcast where you go year by year. Uh, For sure. Because there are some years yeah. where it was like, oh yeah, there are so many directors. I also, it's funny because with us doing it, um, there were some overlap, but there are certain things where I'm like, because you did it, I'm like, okay, I can do something else. Because yeah, yeah, in my novel. desert island, we'd both be on the same desert island. So whatever you pick, then I'd have to. So. Yeah, it's a fantasy, okay? It is. It's like, I, even with fantasies, I have to bend the rules. For sure. Yeah, no, this, it was, it was a fun game to play. Uh, it was cool doing a lot of research on it. And it was interesting to find out who you'd actually take with you. I highly recommend doing that game with another nerdy film buff that you know in the flesh. But if you just want to hear two guys talk about that, you can head <laughs> on over to the Patreon for $5 a month. You can get a few dozen episodes that you can't get anywhere else, and we're going to be keep updating them every time that we drop a new free episode on the format that you're listening to this on. So, oh yeah, last thing about that Patreon. Um, you can't search our name for whatever reason, so you can't search Psychotronicast on Patreon you have to physically type in uh, patreon.com backslash psychotronicast. I don't know why, but that's just the only way We're that you can We're just that exclusive. Us. We're so exclusive, you have to do an extra step. We're like a... That's what people like to do. Speakeasy. That's right. Hush, hush. So until then, let's keep it purely casual. Bye.